0: We have strong ties to Sacramento though because of Tisha Pincheiro. Uh, That's I mean, right. Yeah, she was yes. a great WNBA player and she played over there as well. Uh, so we have a history of uh, cheering for Sacramento teams over there in Portugal. Heading into the summer, uh, it wasn't decided that he will uh, move to the Sacramento Kings. I was having conversations with people connected to the Olympiacos after the season that were hopeful that he will return. They were trying for him to return. Any team that coach Zleiko Obradovic will be coaching, I will sympathize with them because he's a basketball genius. Uh, Greg Popovich has stolen plays from him. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Kings cast. It's daily. Today's guest is Andre Lemos, the host of the Sports Ethos Euroleague podcast. We had an outstanding conversation about Sasha Vazenkov, Coach Jordi Fernandez, Luca, and more. Enjoy.
0: Thank you very much for having me. And I really appreciate the work you guys do for, for Sports Ethos and to covering the Sacramento Kings a team that have few European players, so I do like to follow and to see how those guys are doing, especially our guy Sabonis uh, from my neighbor uh, country in Lithuania. And uh, now you guys also have their Sasha Zankov and Petrushev, and we will certainly be getting to them. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, let's get into it.
1: Fantastic. Uh, first question I have to ask is, of course, your villain origin story. Um, what got you into basketball?
0: So I'm from... Um, a small island called Madeira in Portugal and from a very small village that probably has, I don't know, about 500 people or something like that. And uh, we have had a sports teacher that uh, was a former basketball player and a coach. He's, he developed a small basketball uh, team in my, my school, that's what got me into it. And then there is like a, a club in Madeira called CAB that uh, is um, one of the historical basketball clubs of Portugal. And then between my sports teacher and the coach at the youth level at the time, they got together. They got me to get there practicing. That's how I started to play basketball. Later on, I have worked with the Portuguese Basketball Federation and with the national team in the management position, not as a player, not that good as a player. But I played for CUP. I played until I was on my early 20s. And uh, then I worked with some basketball clubs. I worked uh, with the, the Basketball Federation. And now we have the European Hoops podcast that uh, covers the EuroLeague and the, the FIBA competitions like the World Cup, the Olympics that will come on this summer and should be quite interesting to follow. And it's just a passion that we have. And then connecting it all with sports it is and with fantasy and the work that we do on that front as well. So that's how I came here and how I, am. I arrived to the to the... Kingscast podcast That's amazing. that's amazing
1: <laughs> Now was there ever a point where you wanted to play pro
0: Uh not really uh, because the basketball in Portugal is not that good and uh it's kind of a hard lifestyle so i really liked it and uh at the youth level uh, we won like a national cup and that was great to do it and it's something that you take for life but uh not to the point uh, that uh, i ever aspired to to play pro i played with uh, at the senior level Uh, in the lower divisions of Portuguese basketball, but never had aspirations of a high-level pro basketball player.
1: Nice. And I imagine, um, since you are from Portugal, do you still have ties there in family? Uh,
0: Yeah, my my family, uh, friends, (laughs) but uh, all my family lives there. I live in Latvia, the Kristaps Porzingis land. Right. um, uh, That's where I live with my my fiancé and the family that we are creating here on this side of the, the continent.
1: Fantastic! And so, did all of Portugal just shift their fandom to the Celtics since uh, he signed with them? Since Anandes? oh yeah,
0: absolutely, we are totally crossed with the Sacramento Kings. After you guys giving up on me, no, I'm joking, obviously. No,
1: I'm I'm upset too, though. I, I wish they had patience in developing him. I still we have
0: we have strong ties to Sacramento though because of Tisha Nishairov. Uh, That's I don't right. Know. Yeah, she was yes. a great WNBA player, and she played over there as well. yeah. Uh, so, we have a uh, history of uh, cheering for Sacramento teams over there in Portugal. And when Namias got uh, drafted and uh, got into the NBA, he was the first Portuguese player uh, getting into the NBA. So, we certainly were all behind the, the Kings. But um, it's it's hard and it's especially hard at his position Uh, you really need to find the right opportunity and the right development and i'm actually quite pleased that he ended up with the celtics and for everything that i know the kings treated him well uh, as a player he got development opportunities everybody seemed to really like him Uh, there just never was the the belief that he would become uh, uh, a permanent rotation player within the team and um, even that in the way that they went about this season, they gave him a contract that would be have the guarantees that will be the equivalent of uh, of what he was making before. So they treated him well on that front, and it's good to see teams taking good care of players. And uh, then he just moved on and ended up in a very good situation. I think that later in the season uh he now is injured but later in the season he will end up having some opportunities to play uh team can use a player like him and um, if he is able to find the the right situation i do think he can develop into a, at the very least a backup center in the league that uh, he oh, has for sure. a good skill set to be a defensive anchor and he also has some passing ability some good vision he, he can he can uh, thrive in the nba this season, he already had some proposals and uh, from Partizan, at least, to come and play in the Euroleague. So he has many opportunities to continue to, to play at a very high level and to develop his game. So, no hard feelings.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly miss the the Portuguese fans on my timeline and when I'm watching league <laughs> games, all the comments in the YouTube chat, it's hilarious and, and I love it. But I I miss them. Um. So, what, who were your favorite players growing up?
0: Uh, so. I'm a Greg Popovich and a San Antonio Spurs fan, and uh, Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili are by far my two favorite players. When I was growing up and starting to play basketball, uh, it was the years that uh, those guys were doing magic in the NBA and following them and uh, the way that they played and uh, the style of playing that they have. Made them by far my my favorites, and uh, made the San Antonio Spurs kind of my my team that uh, I tend to to cheer for.
1: Are you happy that Wembleyama uh, got drafted by them? Oh yeah, of
0: course, of course. <laughs> the, yeah, no, he's he, so fun to watch. Yeah, he's just incredible. And more, I I, I love basketball, and I love uh, skills of the players, and the way that players play. But uh, I love people more than anything else and he just has the right mentality and that comes from many many years ago I started to, to to watch him and to see him and hear about him since he was like 16 and then he has the world cup where he has a great great final against Chet and that's now we have that uh, very very fun rivalry between those two great players and incredible players because they don't even make sense to to watch on the court, on the court it because does. of what they are able to do. They and, look like creative uh, players for sure. Yeah, and it's it's the off the court, it's uh, the hard work, it's do all the little things that makes him special, and of course the, the size, the skill set, the the ability, the movement, all of that is special. But uh, the off the court is what elevates him to that can turn him into a unique player and a historical player. Of course, we hope for, for the best and for everything to, to go well and for him to continue to develop, but the first indications are quite good.
1: Uh, absolutely. And then even now, in, in just his first month in the NBA, have you seen uh, improvements to his game since he was in Europe?
0: Yeah, I was so impressed with the way that his game improved since uh, Summer League. Not because of the way that he played in Summer League. Summer League, for him, was a bit of a, of a show. He arrives there after having a very long season. Uh, he was able to contribute for his team to reach the, the French finals where they weren't supposed to be. They weren't uh, the one of the top two teams. Uh, they end up as one of the top two teams, but they had some some injuries of relevant players, and they weren't expected to reach the finals They they were supposed to stay in the semifinals and so he had a longer season than expected and he arrives at the summer like tired and uh, all the median and all the temptation that uh, he was dragging it wasn't uh the, the summer league game itself wasn't nothing uh, to take too much from it but um, the way that he improved uh, he's stronger now and um, just the finesse on his game he's starting to he's way more polished than he was three, four months ago. And that was very impressive to, to see how fast he was able to improve. He still, still does a lot of mistakes, but he has, he's humble and he's willing to learn and he knows that he needs right. to, to improve. And despite he's still doing a lot of mistakes, he just improved immensely and so fast, and that was truly impressive to, to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm so impressed with this feel for the game. Uh, I think his passing has even improved. And I even saw it because I was at his first summer league game that most people didn't think was great. But when you see him in person, just seeing him uh, give his drop-off passes when he was driving in the paint, it it was impressive. And then now I think his passing is even better. And I just love the two-man game between him and Sohan. It's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, another European player. (laughs) So yes. <laughs> the Polish player, and uh, he can also be be interesting. I wonder how in the long term they will do about uh, shooting and spacing and uh, what will work the best. But uh, but they can be quite of a, a special pairing and they can work very well uh, together in the in the long run. But um, yes, Wemby, he he can do it all. He can do a bit of everything and. Um, He always had the passing instincts and he always looked to to make the right pass. But um, I always expected to see him thriving with the spacing uh, of the the court of the NBA, because the way that he moves and uh, how much court he can cover with his length and size and mobility, uh, the game would always uh, suit him and suit uh, what he does. And uh, that is just translating very, very fast
1: it's it's amazing to watch um besides victor uh what other european players do you follow in the nba
0: oh okay so uh, guess what uh, jokic and doncic they're quite good and quite pleasant to watch no surprises there uh, especially jokic i when i watch him playing here i never imagined the player that he would become not because you you didn't so the his ability to shoot his ability to pass his vision that was always there but his ability to impact the game and the way that he reads the game that's quite unique and it's it's beautiful to watch it's very pleasant to watch luca is uh also like he's an incredible basketball player and um, he talks a lot he's constantly talking and he gets distracted from the game so many times but at the same time he just He does it and he's very, very hard to cover, very, very hard to stop. And he just he's able to to put teams that are not as good. And we saw that, for example, in the World Cup, that Slovenian team that uh, some years ago had won the Eurobasket. This team is way worse than the team that won the Eurobasket was. And just because he's there, he's able to to elevate any team that he is on to to be a competitive team that you need to account for, that can't beat any any other team in any given day, even if they are not favorites. So obviously those guys, but a guy that I particularly like, and I think he might be uh, finally having a, a good season, and it's actually connected with the Kings, it's Bogdan Bogdanovich. Boggy is an incredible basketball player that uh, when he moved to the NBA, uh, the load of the games of the NBA that is higher than the, the game in Europe and uh, his knee injury, it really, really got underway. He's an extremely smooth player, he's he's badass, he can, he cannot be disturbed, he will get what he wants in a basketball game, he can get to his spots, he can, he's one of the smoothest players that I have been have watched playing in person in very, very adverse environments with uh, objects flying in your direction and people not being very nice to you. And he's just he's a killer and he can play basketball at an incredible level. It was a hard transition into the NBA. The knee has been very problematic and really got into his way. He came into the World Cup in very good shape. He's a leaner. He is being able to move better, to play better. And I'm just hopeful that this is the season where we can have um, the bogey that I know and that I really enjoy to, to watch playing because he's a player that I really, really like uh, as a basketball player in general. And there are differences between the NBA game and the FIBA game and some players will thrive better in one side or the other and that's fine that doesn't mean that uh, people are not good basketball players because they they are not as good in one situation or the other and we will get to Zenkov after and we'll have a lot to speak on the that aspect but Bogdanovich is a player that I really really uh, like to watch and I'm just hopeful that this is the season where he will be able to to show why
1: so mostly it's health you feel that has been holding him back
0: uh, health and the ability to to deal with the load of the nba because here teams will play usually two games a week and there you have four, four, uh, four games in weeks and uh, sometimes five and it's just it's a higher load and it's hard for people to to deal with it and to be able to to perform at the same level over and over again uh, for example now we have here kembo walker playing in the hero league and he was basically done in the nba like uh, he like the grind was too much for him and here he will be able to still be a high level contributor just because he has the skill set and if you are able to just play once a week you will be able to rest recover and it's different right. for a player to be able to perform so that transition has been hard and the knee really got on the way of him but it's a player that i really like and i'm just hopeful that this will be a good season for him
1: and do you feel like uh, the hawks are still a good fit for him considering trey young is such a high usage player
0: Honestly, yes, he's the type of player that uh, he will fit and suit any team. Uh, I, I'm i not sure if he can uh, be a high level starter and play 30 minutes per game in the NBA and uh, and perform at the same level that I was talking about, but for example, well, I have liked to see him, and at the time there was uh, a lot of the controversy with the trade, him with the box uh, playing alongside Drew, for example. Yes, that will be a way better fit for him because he's a player that ca- should have some ball on his hands and playing alongside Trey. And with none of them being a high level defender, it's not the best possible fit so he there has a more reduced role but being able to thrive on that more reduced role should uh, should be enough for him to, to play at a, a high level and i think he's the type of art can contribute for any team uh, but yes like playing for a team like the that those box and play alongside the Giroux on the backcourt uh, sure, sure it would have been a, a much better fit for him
1: yeah a king's fan still miss bogey a lot we still root for him uh, such a good guy on and off the court um, now to Sasha Vizenkov, Unfortunately, he's shooting under uh, under 30% from three right now. Uh, he hasn't made a three in the past three games, but then again, the Kings have shot poorly as a whole in the past three games. Um, when did Sasha Vizenkov become a star in your league?
0: I will, I'll make a quick question first. Did something happen in the last three games that might have changed the the Kings game and flow? <laughs>
1: You know, it's hard to say. Uh, I just think that road trip going to Houston, uh, for whatever reason, their energy was off. Um, the offense didn't flow. They were out of rhythm. So I think the whole team, it, it just happens, right? Sometimes poor shooting is contagious. So yeah, it's hard to say. He didn't even start. I mean, he didn't even uh, play last play, night. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to say um i don't think it has anything to do with him i I just think uh mike brown is still figuring out uh, his rotations um you know as they say a lot of this season is just lab work in practice uh to gear up towards the playoffs so hopefully they figure it out and and Uh, sasha figures it out as well yeah
0: absolutely Uh, i'll get to your question first and then we we did dissect sasha vzenkov and the kings (laughs) (laughs) now but uh, jokes aside uh sasha he, he played for Barcelona, and then uh, he found his ho- home in Olympiakos in Greece. And I would say that three seasons ago, probably, and from the top of my head, I hope I'm not uh, mixing uh, data right now, but I think that three seasons ago, uh, it's when we started to see that Sasha Vzenkov will be a top-tier player in the EuroLeague. Last season was the the one that he really this type to be uh, a number one player in the league uh, he wasn't quite the number one player in the league because he doesn't have the, the self-creation that you usually expect from a, a number one player and uh, those are uh, probably um nikola mirotic uh, mike james uh, those type of players that have more of that but he was a player that, in the situation that uh, he was and playing within the team that he was playing, he just uh, thrived at an extremely high level and he became like a superstar and he was a rightful MVP of the the league last season. So I would say in the last three seasons, he we started to just get the confirmation of uh, all the flashes and everything that we, we knew that he was able to do. And uh, then on the the last two seasons, and especially on the last one, he really took the the step forward to to be a top-tier elite player within the EuroLeague.
1: So how difficult is it to win the EuroLeague MVP?
0: It's extremely difficult because... Um, there are so many factors that go into it. it. It's a very different game from the NBA. It's way more physical. It's very, very hard. You you don't see players really playing uh, 30 minutes per game. The game is shorter. It's 40 minutes instead of 48. But uh, it's, um, it's an extremely physical game. Usually players... The, the top players will play on the, the high 20s and uh, you, you have always 10, 11 players rotation because of the intensity and the physicality uh, that goes into the game. And that just makes it extremely hard for a player individually to be able to, to perform consistently at um, the at level that allows you to, to be an MVP. Uh, for example, in NBA, uh, you can identify in each team that this player um, most of the games will be uh, having outputs of high scoring or high assists, something like that. In the Euroleague, you might uh, look at the box scores, box scores for uh, ten games, and each game will have a different top score because it's uh, it's very tactical and very and uh, v- very demanding. So it makes it very hard for a player to be able to to thrive and to to. Take that top spot within a team that uh, will put them in contention to be uh, an MVP and Sasha, especially, and a player of his position to to be able to to do that, uh, it's it's extra hard because uh, again of that lack of self-creation and he was just the perfect personification of the way that he team that he was playing for uh, played. It was a very unselfish brand of basketball, the ball movement was beautiful, uh, they thrived uh, defensively and uh, his shooting, his movement without the ball, uh, all of those little things, and then his ability that he had to be that uh, top player was what uh, placed him in the, this position of uh, of becoming an MVP. So, it is very hard, answering to your question, and especially on his position and with his skill set, it's even harder. So, his achievement is, is uh, was a great one and uh, not an easy one.
1: Well, considering that he doesn't necessarily self-create for his own shots, how prestigious prestigious it is is it for him to win the top scorer trophy (laughs) considering that he doesn't self-create you know what i mean
0: so it's insane and uh, we even had ongoing jokes of the amount of points he was scoring without taking a dribble because he was just the way that he moves without the ball the way that he occupies space the quickness of his release and uh, his ability to cut just makes him such a unique threat because he was able to, to score in so many ways without uh, having the need to dribble, without having the need to, to create advantages in the way that you usually see players doing it, playing one-on-one. Uh, he was able to, to create those advantages without the ball and then just be able to score. And again, for a player of his position, a player with his skill set to become the best scorer in the Euro League, that's very rare. Because you have, for example, the Nikola Mirotic. At the moment, I believe he's the, the top scorer of the EuroLeague. And he's a slightly different player. He has more of that self-creation, even if they are both like forward players. Nikola Mirotic in Europe, he is able to, to play the, the small forward. Uh, for example. Vzenkov is not really that, he's more of, of a, a big player. He's still a forward, he's a poor forward, but he's more of a big. And him being able to to be, be the top scorer of the Euroleague, it was really impressive and it really speaks a uh, lot about uh, the way that he plays and the way that he's able to impact the game even without the ball.
1: So I'm sure people who have followed Sasha Vzenkov over the years i can imagine them watching king's games and being frustrated because a lot of times sasha is just in the corner and (laughs) i understand it's necessary for floor spacing but yeah usually he's on the weak side he just stands in the corner and i I just wish they would run more actions for him
0: so there is a lot to unpack there (laughs) the the first thing and um i I don't know if you if you will want to then go into more details of his game and the way that the Kings uh, play, but the first thing was was about uh, uh, Sasha deciding to make the the move into the NBA. And that was um, a very hard uh, decision uh, for him because when you achieve this uh, stardom level in the the EuroLeague, uh, you are moving to the NBA to be a role player. Uh, you don't even have the guarantee that uh, you will be in the rotation every night, and it's 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 hard to take that step so much that um, heading into the summer, uh, it wasn't decided that he will uh, move to the Sacramento Kings. I was having conversations with people connected to the Olympiacos after the season that were hopeful that he will return. They were trying for him to return, and. I believe that initially the the contract offer was a, a two year contract, a one plus one, I believe, with a team option on the second season, and um, he, what he wanted, and uh, the reason he didn't want one season before to the Kings, was to have a role in the NBA, and he just uh, what put the Kings offer over the top and make him make the decision to get there was him getting the third year guaranteed and uh, because then uh, it that's where the he really cannot compete with the NBA because money wise it's just uh, to advantage of an of an offer uh, what he got and i'm not saying that he did the move for the money but uh, as a basketball player it's uh, it's life-changing and obviously that also matters because it's your profession your job and this will change uh, his life uh, forever regardless of how successful or not he is in the NBA but the guarantee of the role uh, is not quite there and for the people that watch him playing here it hasn't been surprising in the slightest because uh, the game just don't doesn't quite uh, the, the the way that uh, the Kings play and most NBA teams play it. It's the way that the NBA game is played. That's a better way to phrase it. Uh, it's not the most suitable for uh, for a player like Sasha Zankov. Uh, the, the NBA game, despite having uh, a lot of space in the in the court and the court being way bigger, it really lacks some movement and many times it. Um, it they resource to one-on-one actions. And the, the spacing is seen as having good shooters uh, spaced on the floor to, to be able to, to shoot and to score. And Sasha is mostly a, a movement player. Uh, is a player that will drive with cuts, is a player that will drive with uh, finding spaces within an offense that is making the defense to, to move and to, to create advantages for him to be able to succeed. For him to be a static uh, corner uh, three-point spacer or to to play in that situation, it's not uh, ideal. It's not the position that he will thrive or that his game is more suited for. So it hasn't been particularly surprising that it has been rough in the start. But at the same time, uh, I'm just sure that um, he's so good within his skill set and his shooting is so good that he will adapt and uh, he will just be able to to impact the game at some level, even if uh, in a backup role, even if in reduced minutes, he's good enough to to be able to do it. Now, if the expectation is for him to be a high 20 minutes per game player that uh, will fight to start, it just, uh, the way that the game is played and the the way that the roster is constructed uh, with him, it's probably not a realistic expectation to have from him right now. But him being able to to improve, adapt, adjust, and become uh, an impactful player, that uh, I think that we will see that as the season goes.
1: Yeah, no, he's shown flashes of brilliance uh, with his cutting and with his putbacks. He always knows where to go. As far as um, getting rebounds and whatnot. So, no, he's shown flashes of brilliance, and I think it's just a matter of being comfortable and getting used to the speed of the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I, for example, he can work extremely well with Sabonis, with the way that Sabonis is able to, to play Mike, but uh, then on the other side of the court, they are probably not the the best pairing to have defensively. So there are obstacles to to have because uh, Voznyakov he is a good defender. He has uh, very quick hands. he's very clever. He has very very good IQ. he's a good team defender. He is a good pos- positional defender. But he is not the quickest uh, in lateral movement. So if you have two players that will have a similar struggle, will make the other teams to be able to target them if they are playing together. So you need to to find solutions to, to be able to, to adjust that. And usually if you are not a top player, the team won't be uh, making too many adjustments to to be able to incorporate you. And so that's why where he needs to, to be able to find ways to impact the game in the, a more reduced role than what he was used to and he was having here.
1: Yeah, I, I think he'll get there. But why do you think he's not shooting well at the moment?
0: It's just, uh, it's rhythm. Uh, I think he's yeah. totally off rhythm right now, and I have watched some video. I didn't watch all the, the Kings games, but uh, he is a player that uh, he have a very quick release, but his uh, sh- uh, shots are usually within a rhythm of an offense. And uh, right now, he's you see many situations I and mean, many plays where he's. Just waiting and it's a last resource play. He is not involved in the, the play. He's not uh, as involved in the movement of the the offense and uh, his uh, shots are not within rhythm. And I think that's where he's lacking and why his shot is not uh, coming out as it usually does.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, so let's move forward to Philip Petrušev. What can you say about
0: him? So Petrushev, he was a player that last season was his first uh, big season in terms of forming himself as a, a higher level player or uh, a young player with a potential that showed the ability to, to play the game of basketball at a very high level after having some rougher seasons before that one his length and mobility his size and mobility is what makes him a special player because he has the ability to stretch the floor he has the ability to run well for his size he he's able to play in transition he's able to play with his back to the basket he's able to play a little bit with his front to the basket and he's a player that um, in the right situation and the right development he might be able to become um an NBA player but I was uh, quite surprised with his decision to, to try to give the jump into the NBA and uh, not to stay and try to affirm himself as a, a star in the EuroLeague, where I think the game is way more well suited for him than the NBA game. Because he, at the moment, he probably is more of a poor forward without the lateral quickness uh, to be able to defend NBA forwards. So that's something that he will struggle. Probably the best path for him is to, to be able to to get stronger and to be able to play the five and to be a backup five with an interesting skill set with his ability. He has a size and he contests some shots well. He has a good timing to contest shots, even if he's not like the best rim protector of all. He won't be a defensive anchor, but he has the ability to do it. But uh, he needs to get stronger to just be able to to play the five, and then with his floor spacing, uh, I think that's his path to eventually to to be able to become a, a rotation NBA player.
1: So at his peak, and let's just say he develops as much as he mm-hmm. can, um, what do you think his best case scenario is as far as an NBA comp? What player could he possibly play like?
0: um a player that came to mind is uh, someone around Mike Muscala, for example, that can be a rotation big in the NBA. Can shoot a little bit, and again, if he gets stronger, he will be able to to play against NBA fives, and that's where the, the game will become easier for him to to be able to to contribute and to play. So I will say a player in the lines of Mike Muscala will be a good development case for him. He can have some advantages because he's more mobile and he can run better than, uh, than a Muscala. So that's where he can surpass that. But um, as a overall comp for, <laughs> for an NBA player that uh, we know what can do and can be part of a rotation, I think that's a good one.
1: Fantastic. All right, let's talk about coach Jordi Fernandez. You're plugged in to the international basketball community. Um how do you think they saw coach Jordy in, in Team Canada's performance in the World Cup?
0: Jordy is clearly an up and coming coach that uh, sooner rather than later probably will get a, a head coach job in the D-NBA. The He's extremely talented and he just has the, the ability to to manage uh, players and also has the the brain to, to put players in the right position for them to succeed. Talent-wise, uh, it wasn't surprising for Canada to be a team fighting for medals in this World Cup. But um, a, a big thing in this type of international competitions is continuity. And usually uh, teams like Canada, United States don't have as much of that continuity. And that's where even if they are more talented and have better individual players, that's where they sometimes struggle because the game is different from the NBA game, and uh, the lack of that continuity sometimes gets on the way and uh, is an obstacle for, for those players and for those teams to, to be able to succeed and to, to conquer medals. What Jordi did so well, and what impressed people, and what really caught the eye of everybody following the World Cup and following Canada. Was his ability to to adjust and to just find their advantages. And for example, uh, using a player like Kelly Olynyk as a ball handler, uh, he's a big, but uh, his ability to to dribble, to to create, to play make, to pass was crucial for Canada to to be able to to play at the level that they did and to allow them to get into the medal game and to to win the the bronze medal that was. Uh, impressive achievement for them and it, it was a clear mark on the, where the Canada basketball program is going. They are asking their players to have a commitment, to have a longer term commitment to, to their basketball. And Jordi is just uh, the right man for the job because it wasn't perfect, a World Cup for him. There was usually on some players and sometimes the, the rotations might not have been the best for and for every given situation. but. He was just able to pick a player uh, team with uh, several uh, with very good players and just make them play in the way that will allow them to compete for medals, and that's. Uh, where the, the high level coaches make their money in this type of competitions. And he really was able to drive and to show that he has that ability to manage uh, the the egos of the players and uh, just get the most of every single one of them. And he really did it at a very high level in this competition. And he's an up and coming head coach that uh, probably very soon will be getting a head coach job in the NBA. And I think he's uh, He's at that level, and he will be quite successful at that level.
1: Yeah, I keep telling everyone um, (laughs) after this season, we could probably say goodbye to Coach Jordy. We'll miss him a lot because he (laughs) is definitely going to be a leading candidate for for a lot of head coaching gigs in the NBA. Um, Who's your favorite team in your league?
0: Wow, that's a great question. So I don't have a team that I cheer for. Uh, I have uh i i'm literally as neutral as it gets but uh, any team that coach is obradovic will be coaching i will sympathize with them because he's a basketball genius uh, greg popovich has stolen plays from him uh, nikola jokic last season was watching um, his um his clinics and calling him and giving him and exchanging ideas with him. He's one of the biggest basketball genius ever. He is a innovator and a, a, a coach that has impacted the game of basketball at the highest level. So I guess anything that he's coaching, I will uh, want to watch them because I like basketball genius and, and brilliant minds as, as his.
1: That's fantastic. So you just love basketball in general and you love the sport. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) that's how I feel about um, the NBA. I mean, if the Kings weren't my team, I don't think I would have another team. (laughs) You know what I mean? I just love watching the the sport in general. It's fantastic. So last question uh, before I let you go. Start, bench, G League, Nikola Jokic, Luka Doncic, or Giannis?
0: No, you'll get me to trouble. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's too hard. Uh, well, okay, okay, okay. So Jokic is starting. Like, I mean, okay. he has to. Yeah, I will get into trouble with the other two. I, I think people can... We can leave it at no, that. I no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, I-, I know. Okay, so Jokic is starting. Um <laughs> Luka Doncic maybe will be one of uh, now has the chance to turn into one of the most dominant, if not the most dominant, basketball player of the next uh, five to to eight years. But his only defect is to sometimes get distracted uh, uh, during the game of basketball with things that uh, maybe he shouldn't. So I'm sending him to the G League for some maturing, and uh, I'm benching Giannis. That's a great answer, honestly.
1: <laughs> and you know what? I have not watched Luca this season, so I haven't seen him. I don't know if he's complaining to the refs like he did last year, yeah, but we'll see. <laughs> Man, I, I really appreciate you coming through. And uh, we should probably talk again if, uh, if and when Sasha has a breakout game or something like that. In, in... Sure,
0: it'll be a pleasure. It yeah. will happen sooner rather than later. It will happen. Yeah, I appreciate this. Yeah, Garrett. It. it. was a pleasure and uh, continue the, the great work you are doing with uh, the Kings cast. It has been a pleasure to follow and it's one of the best ways that uh, I have to follow the Sacramento Kings team. I try to follow as much as I can from all the teams because of uh, all the work that we do from the fantasy side. And uh, you you have been a great source of information and a, a great and fun way to follow the Sacramento Kings and I, pre- I appreciate that.
1: Oh man. Thank you so much. Thank you for the kind words and, and take care. I'll see you on the timeline.
0: Thank you, Andre. Appreciate you.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies.